Didn't think it was possible to anger all Nicholas Sparks and Carrie Underwood fans in one podcast episode? I'm up for the challenge. Don't worry, I'm not hating on either of them or The Notebook. It's one of my most cliche but real favorites. And I'm not hating on Carrie's music either. I happen to be a fan of that too. But today's episode is radical. We're talking about conscious uncoupling, radical vulnerability, and curious compassion with Iman Selem. What does this have to do with Nicholas Sparks and Carrie Underwood and you, you might ask? Well, in society, there's a narrative around relationships. They're either the canny, cancely, breach for the stars, over the fence, world series kind of love. And if you recognize that from It Takes Two with the Olsen twins, I see you there, my 90s friend. I see you. Hi there. And I mean, why not anger some more fans while we're at it, right? There's either that world series, canny, can't sleep kind of love narrative, or there's this idea that relationships crash and burn and someone gets their car keyed. Hello, Carrie Underwood. And look, both of these narratives make for great music. They make for awesome movies, juicy novels, and so much more. But what about those relationships that don't go on forever and also don't end with something terrible? They just are or feel complete. That's what we're here to talk about today. In this episode, you're going to learn about what conscious uncoupling is and also conscious coupling, which was a whole new concept for me too. You're going to hear how to do this in a relationship. I think that's one of the biggest questions is how? (laughs) For anyone that's been through a difficult breakup, you know this sounds like a dream and we don't always know exactly how to do this. You're also going to hear Iman and I talk about juicy topics like what if your partner isn't into it? What about the kids? What do you do this when children are involved? And also if it's possible to consciously uncouple if there's been toxicity before, infidelity, trust issues, that kind of thing. We also talk about money and how to make sure finances avoid ruining the rest of your good intentions. We know money is such a loaded topic and especially in situations such as separations or uncouplings or breakups or whatever you want to call it, it can be juicy and not always in the best way. So you might offer some great advice on, on that whole, on that, what that looks like. We also talk about uncoupling from friendships because what I've learned is that this conscious consciousness, conscious life is not only about your intimate relationships, but really about the way that you interact with every person and every piece of your life. Iman truly is one of my favorite humans with her radical honesty and authenticity. This is a topic also that I know is so relevant right now, especially during the pandemic, where we're seeing separations and divorce rates go through the roof. Whether you're in a relationship that doesn't feel right for you and you know it's coming to an end and that's why you're listening, you're in the right place. Or even if you're very fulfilled and satisfied in your relationship and you're looking to take it to the next level, this episode is so full of wisdom, tools, and real life examples of how to live consciously in your relationships with or without your current or future partner. I truly hope that you enjoy this episode and that it allows you to feel more fulfilled, more joy, more happiness in your relationship, your life, regardless of whether that's through conscious uncoupling, conscious coupling, or anything else. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. 
Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back to Golden Girls Podcast. I am so honored to be here with Iman Salem. Iman is an empowerment coach, public speaker, and social activist. She uses the art of compassionate curiosity and radical vulnerability to foster authentic self-expression, which leads us to make our goals and dreams a reality. Her business, Iron Self, focuses on redefining terms such as health, success, and justice, creating space for powerful conversations, magical confidence, and dismantling systems that are not serving us. She works with individuals and organizations to empower us to change the world. And I got to tell you guys, she is a world changer right here. She believes each person has a unique power and it is time for the world to witness your magic. Iman is also a silly dancer, a cold ocean dipper, and can make epic pie that I hope we all get to taste one day. So thank you, Iman, so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to do this with you. Oh, me yeah. too. We've had a lot of technical issues to even to get to this point. So yeah. thank you for your grace and your patience. You're just amazing. I'm so happy to be here. Oh. Yeah. Well, okay. This is obviously an amazing and it's hard to sum somebody up in a bio period, but you did a pretty darn good job of it. What is your story of how you got to where you are today, wearing so many different hats and creating change in the world? Great loaded question. I love it. Um... I think I think it all started with the decision to uh, leave my corporate life and I worked in corporate for 10 years and I noticed a lot of things about me and a lot of things about work and a lot of things about how people interact with each other and I always wondered what would it look like if people actually were able to be themselves regardless of where they are? What would it, what, what would it be like if in friendships everybody was actually authentic, in relationships, at work, with your boss, with your clients, um, with your teammates? Uh, you know, in organizations, no matter how small or how big, what would it actually be like if people actually showed up as themselves? I kind of want to live in that world. So I had no idea it was going to turn into, into what I have now. But at the time, I was like, well, I got something to say. I'll just say it and I'll see if anybody's interested to listen. Turns out people are interested to listen and people really, um, they, they really vibe with this idea that, wait a minute, am I actually showing up as my whole self? What stops me from showing up as my whole self? What systems stop us from showing up as our whole selves? What influences do we have? What conditioning do we have? And so Iron Self was born, the power of the self, the power of actually your, your most vulnerable self is your most strongest sense of self. Your most compassionate self is your most powerful sense of self. And that is how we radically transform the world. If every single one of us got to live exactly how they wish. Oh my gosh. Can you just imagine? So good. As as a recovering, not recovered, but recovering people pleaser, perfectionist, overachiever, all those things, you know, I think what you're saying, there's a reason why people want to listen to what you're saying. Because we, there are so many things that we've been conditioned not to say or or to say um, and ways to show up in the world. So, I mean, this is like spoiler alert. We're already going to do a second podcast interview with you to dive yes. into a whole lot more stuff um, because I think you're you're onto something. And I, I think especially after the last year that we've had, um, we don't have space for anything but, but what's real in life and the deep, yeah. deep, authentic conversations. So we're going to have one today and we're going to actually talk about conscious uncoupling. Woo. So first of all, what what is that? I mean, some people, I, I kind of threw this out to my community and some people were like, well, didn't Gwyneth Paltrow say that? Or like, what does it even mean? And what, is yes. it, what does it mean to you? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, 
the the thing is the, the 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 interesting thing about life these days is there's always these words or phrases that get thrown out and then everybody kind of you know that becomes a new buzzword. Um, and like chuggy, is, chuggy's the thing right now. Have yeah. You heard about chuggy? No. What is oh. that? <laughs> oh God. Google it later. <laughs> oh, I will. I totally will. I, I'm so behind on certain things and. With conscious uncoupling, I mean, I I never actually um, focused on even trying to define it, other than what does it? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear that word? Like when you hear conscious uncoupling, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? For me, it's totally Gwyneth Paltrow. Great, right? Uh, I mean, I'd like to have my own type of style of other than Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> this is why I'm interviewing hey, you. <laughs> you know, but. Um, that's and that's and that's real, right? Like that's it's it's one of those words that she kind of took on and conscious uncoupling essentially is the idea of how do you want to separate from your current situation because it no longer serves you. And in my personal opinion, and again I highlight the word personal opinion, is that if you live life consciously, meaning if you live life with awareness, with self-awareness, you will actually make decisions that work well for you, which will eventually bring you joy, bring you peace of mind, bring you self-satisfaction, bring you success, bring you health. And so conscious living is essentially like, are you actually thinking about what you're doing? Are you actually reflecting and observing why you're doing the things that you're doing, why you say the things that you say, why you feel the way that you feel? Because the the reality is we are all conditioned. We all live in, in systems that condition us to be a certain way. Men do this. Women do this. This is what happens when people break up. This is what happens when you go to work. This is what happens when you're a new mom. This is what, there's all of these conditions in society about how things ought to be. And I'm here to dismantle all of those conditions. So it's like, okay, what does it mean to live consciously? Part of living consciously is how to consciously remove yourself from a situation that no longer serves you. Um, and, and I think that it leads to true peace of mind, which is what we're all searching for anyway. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the reasons I also wanted, I mean, there's so many things that we could talk about with, with you and you could share wisdom on, but you actually consciously uncoupled. Yes. Yes. From my favorite person in the whole wide world. Uh, oh my gosh. That? What a great, I yeah. already love this. Okay. Yeah. Can you and share has, with us whatever has, you feel comfortable to share and want to share? We want to hear yeah. your, your experience. It's a pretty wild story, and with for full disclosure too, I've I've told him about this podcast, and he has I have his full consent um, to share about our relationship, and so, yeah, James is the greatest man I've ever met, hands down. Um, and sure, of course, it's sad that we're not life partners and and building our life together. Yeah, of course, but the the reality is is that James and I were together for three years. We lived together for about two and a half of those three years. We both met when we first moved to Vancouver. So, um, you know, I didn't really have a lot of, I met, I maybe had like a couple of friends and he had a couple of friends, but um, we built our life together in Vancouver. We, you know, we would festival together. We lived together. We would cook together, starting Iron Self. Like, guess who was taking all my videos and my pictures and, you know, helping me out uh, with all of that? It was James, you know? And so uh, we really, truly built a brand new life away from our families, away from our how we grew up, away away from um, from Vancouver. And he, him and I, like we share the same friends. We have the same friend group. We do pretty much the same activities. Um, again, as a couple, like we would play softball together on the same team with our friends. We would go to the same festivals, the same cabins, the same camping trips, the same hiking trips. 
everything was Iman and James, James and Iman, right? And the the it got to a point where are we actually life partners or are we best friends? Because we were very close. Like he is today, he is my bestest friend. I love James from now until forever, end of time. And I wanted to keep that. I really, that was really important to me. It was the relationship that we built because he deserves that and I deserve that. And so it got to a point where there were some struggles, there were some issues going on in the relationship where um, it just was no longer aligned. The, 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 the speed at which I was traveling at and, this, and, and the life that I wanted to build was different from the speed he wants to travel at and the life he wants to build. And that was really difficult for us because we both felt so guilty. Like most people spend their life hoping for a love that is like ours. And now I have to say no, thank you. How do I say no to something that's so good? I, I had a feeling inside. It's just something wasn't quite right. Something wasn't quite... Actually, I'm going to rephrase that because it's very important about the language you use. It's not about something wasn't quite right. Something just didn't feel um, aligned in that moment. And this was just before our three-year... I mean, we didn't celebrate anniversaries, but let's call it an anniversary. It was just before our three-year anniversary, which was last September, actually. And we kind of sat down and we noticed that there was a bit more friction. We noticed that there was a little bit more... Um, you know, certain tones that were being used that weren't really part of our relationship before, um, quite a bit of shortness, things like that. And, and so we kind of sat down and we were like, hey, what's going on here? Is there any form of resentment that might be coming up? Is there any form of guilt that might be coming up? Is there something that we want to say to each other? And this is where radical vulnerability comes in. You've got to be so radically honest with yourself and with the person in front of you to truly get what you want. Because if you're not going to be honest about it, no one's listening, not even your own self. And so we, I invited him to that. I was like, James, do you, do you feel comfortable being absolutely 100% honest with me about how you really feel? And he was like, yeah, I, I want to do that. And it took some time. You know, this is I'm giving you a short, short span of like a good three, four months of us, you know, talking and, and going through the, those conversations. And at some point, it was the, the truth, the actual truth was, I love you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want to be in this relationship. And that makes me feel like an awful person. That's the reality. And so, of course, because I'm holding on to that truth, naturally, I'm, I'm going to behave from that place. So when he does something that's annoying, because let's be honest, you could be in love with someone and they're annoying as hell. So... We, we, that's normal, right? So it's like, you know, if he annoyed me about something small, it would seem so much bigger because because of how I feel about that guilt, right? If he did something that, you know, maybe was a little bit un- inconsiderate or like he forgot something, you know, it would, I, would, I was so on edge because how could I be in love with someone and not want to be with them? You know, how could I be in love with someone and want to walk away? The reality is he felt the same way too. But I didn't know that. He didn't know that until we had that radical conversation. And it was like, what is it about this that makes us feel guilty? And he's the one who said to me, you know, how can I, how can I let go of something I love so much and, and, and not be selfish? And that's when we decided, like, is it really wrong to be selfish? Is it, what, what, what's the alternative? Sacrificing oneself for the happiness of who? And so it was just like, are you actually happy in this relationship? Yes, 
And I don't want to be in it. I want to be in a relationship with myself. I don't want to be in, I don't, I can't. And, and the reality is we both didn't have the bandwidth to be with each other, right? Like he wants to live life in a very specific type of way. And I want to live life in another specific type of way. And it no longer aligned. What's wrong with that? Why do we have to, you know, crash and burn so that we can build from scratch? Why? And it was that. It was the level of honesty and the level of vulnerability that actually brought such a level of trust. And we broke up in, oh, broke up, I don't like that word. We consciously uncoupled in September. It's May now. And I just saw him two days ago. Had a great time. That's amazing and so inspiring. Because I think our cultural narrative is very much, you know, even the word breakup, right? The the connotation of that. And even when you say we've broken up, there's always like, the, oh, I'm sorry. But sometimes, and, and it can be painful and it can be hard. I'm, sur- I'm sure it wasn't totally easy. I'm sure there were still moments of grief, but it was the right thing to do. Yeah. And I, I love what you said, grief. Like, that's another thing too. It's like, you're allowed to grieve something um, without it being a disaster at the end. Like, we don't have to wait for things. I mean, James and I could have lasted another, like, 10 years, to be honest. Like, no problem, you know? But it got to a point where it's like, no, 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 this is going to end now, and I'm going to take my time to grieve this. I don't have to wait for it to be such a massive, you know, and to build resentment and to build all of these things just because you chose not to be honest from day one. Wow. Yeah. So powerful. It, 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 Yeah. I want the whole world to know it. <laughs> you know? Well, we're going to try and get this out to as many people as possible. You yes. know that. Because we, lo- we love you. And uh, this is such an important conversation. I think, you know, even we were just talking about this before I hit record. Like right now, we're seeing, you know, divorce rates going th- through the roof. Um, and I think being uh, over a year into a pandemic and being, for lack of a better word, like you're, you're stuck with yourself and the, the choices that you've made and a lot of like where you're living, the home that you're in, the people that you're living with, like we're kind of stuck in a lot of those decisions and realizing that those are not the best choices for us or aren't the way that we want to move forward. And we're seeing it everywhere from, you know, some of the friends that I have all the way up to Kim and Kanye and Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, it's, it's very much. And so I think it's really powerful and important to change this conversation because I think there's probably a lot of people out there and maybe some probably somebody listening to this who is in feeling whether they recognize it or not consciously or unconsciously so far that this is not the right path for them for for the rest of their lives and you're giving a lot of people permission right now to not have to wait five years ten years or whatever however many years and be able to look at it right here right now i love that so much there's no the the the, the reason we wait is because we hope that the person's going to change Oh, can we, that should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason we wait, right? No one's going to... People change. Yes, I do believe, of course, as, as a life coach, of course, I believe people change. Um, so yes, of course, people change, but it's not my job or my responsibility, and it actually does not work. Show me one example where someone tried to change the other person in a relationship and it worked out great. I'll wait. Yeah, just DM us. Yeah, just send us a DM. I would love, love to see that example. It doesn't exist. So it's like, why are we waiting? Like, we're waiting because we're hoping for something better. We're waiting because we're hoping the person's going to change. Okay, what are the things that you're unhappy with today? What are the things that are that are making you feel like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about this relationship. I, th- I think I'd need a change. And it doesn't have to be that the person is a bad person or that they did you wrong or that they... Um, you know, 
behaved outside of the agreements that you have together as a couple or anything like that. It could just simply be you evolved as a person and your partner evolved as a person and you chose that, hmm, actually us evolving seems to be in different directions. And with the pandemic, I mean, it's it's kind of a new thing. No one ever knew how to deal with a pandemic before. Now we're experts because we've been in it for a year. But, you know, we we did, we did um, quote unquote, break up you know, in, in, in the pandemic, during the pandemic, it was like six, seven months in. And it was, yeah, at that point it was like, wait, do I actually want this for the rest of my life? I don't. Oh, I don't want this for the rest of my life. Oh my God. What does this mean? Oh my God. Does that mean I'm going to break up with James? No, 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 no. I can't break up with James. Like it's James. It's James. It's my best friend. Like I can't break up with James. Like we were thinking of getting married. Like this makes no sense, you know? And like, there's, there's no way I'm going to break up with James. And like, you know, there's a little bit of complexity as well. Like um, you know, introducing him to the to my family, and my family lives far away, and you know how 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 I was going to do that, and there's a little bit of a cultural difference there, so th- there was another hurdle to go over there. And anyway, and I was like, no, 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 like this is it, like we're in it for life, you know. We share a car, we share a house, we share everything, you know. Our friends, literally, we share all of our friends. Like ninety percent of our friend group is our friends. We made those friends together as a couple, right? And so I was like, what do you mean? No, 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 no. Shh, get this idea out of my head. Shut up. I'm not gonna break up with him. That's stupid. What are you? You're so ungrateful. How could you be so ungrateful? Look at this man. He loves you so much. Like you love him so much. What more do you want? Ah, oh, like nothing is ever good enough for you. Blah blah blah. Whoa 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 whoa. Chill. Wait a minute. All of these thoughts are not my thoughts. These are all thoughts that come from fear. They come from guilt. They come from shame. And so I actually allowed. What if I was allowed to have those feelings? Like, what if I just allowed myself to have those feelings? And what if I told him that I had those feelings? And that was the scariest part. But I told him and he was like, oh, thank God, because I'm kind of feeling the same way. What? You're feeling the same way? Wait, you want to break up with me? And then there was like an ego piece there, you know? It's like, wait, no, I want to break up with you, though. Like, are you you're breaking up with me? And, and there's a little bit of like a weird ego situation happening there, you know? And again, eventually it was, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? You know, I want to talk about justice around the world and James wants to sail the world. I have no interest in going on a sailboat ever. I don't like sailing. It makes me nauseous. Does that mean that he can't go sailing and I can't go tour the world and talking about cool things that I want to talk about? No, it just means we want different things in life. It's the same thing in our relationship. He wants to live life in a specific way. I want to live life in a different way. When we met, we wanted to live life the same way. So we grew together and we grew and we grew and we grew. And it's kind of like a tree, you know? You look at a tree, does it have one branch? It has many branches and many leaves and then many fruits or flowers or whatever, right? So the relationship is the same. You build it and it has a foundation and it grows, especially if you have children, right? It's like you build it, you have this foundation, you have this beautiful tree that that comes up and then there's many branches and many leaves and many flowers and the flowers fall off and the leaves fall off and then it gets rebirthed. Like, Relationships are this living organism, and it's up to you to tend to it. Mm. Oh and my that gosh, includes tending to yourself. So much good stuff in there to like. We talk for hours, hours and hours. I know you're like, there's no way we're gonna talk for two and a half hours. I'm like, ah, mm, <laughs> try me. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so here is something that you touched on that I wasn't even planning. I hadn't really thought of it till you were talking. But here's my question: like, how do you know the difference between 
kind of the everyday growing pains or struggles or even seasons as a, you know, there's certain seasons in a relationship. There's certain seasons that us as individuals that are more challenging than others. You know, let's say we're not in the right job at the time. Let's say we're parenting small children or newborns. Let's say we're caring for aging adults or we're in a pandemic, for example. Like we're, we're individually in tough times. And then also as a relationships, you know, though that can then leak into, into the relationship space too. So how do you know the difference between okay, this is just a tough season, something that obviously, you know, I'm struggling, they're struggling, we are struggling, we're not where we, we want to be or, or should be, versus this is no longer, this is no longer, the, it's almost like the tree analogy to go with it. Like, how do I know if I just need to like tend to this tree more, trim this tree, maybe put it in a different location or take the children away or whatever, mm-hmm. versus how do I know if this tree just isn't the tree for me to be, continuing to water and someone else's turn that is an excellent question and i think i think that the the mechanism that can be used to 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 go to to kind of like use this for your own processing is how honest are you in your relationship is the real question how honest are you with yourself in this relationship how honest are you with your partner in this relationship are you actually honest about how you feel so <clears throat> what happens is, imagine you and I are in a relationship, okay? And we've been together for a long time, love each other, all of that, right? But, you know, sometimes I'm going to have my moods and you're going to have yours. And, you know, maybe there's like a span of three to six months where I'm really depressed and you don't know what to do, right? And I'm it's affecting you, but you love me and you don't want to leave me. Like, you know, you're not even thinking about breaking up or, or ending the relationship, but you're, you're struggling in there, Right. Can you imagine if we had a type of relationship where you're able to share with me exactly how you're feeling about our our situation and I'm able to actually show up so vulnerable to say, I know this is a hard time. This is what I'm experiencing right now and actually not feel any shame for experiencing that or any guilt for experiencing that because I trust that you will be honest with me. I trust that you will be real and raw and vulnerable with me. And so when you build your relationship on that, and if it's not built on that, it's time to get to work. So when you're building your relationship on that, nothing really can break that relationship. It can morph the relationship into different variations of the relationship, but it's not going to break it because you're actually building this foundation of trust, you know? And so how do you know? Well, if, if, if a bunch of time passes by and you're feeling really unsatisfied in your, in your relationship, ask yourself, what am I unsatisfied with? Have I expressed what I'm unsatisfied with? Have I expressed my desires and my needs to my partner? Have I been clear with my expectations from my partner? Have I been clear about exactly what I want, when I want it, and how I want it? No? Get to work, honey. Because that's what you need to do. Like, you have to do the work. That's another thing, too. It's like people think that a relationship is, is two people. Yes, it's two. I mean, you could have relationships with more than two people. Open to all people here and all types of relationships. But if you're in a relationship with someone, there's two sides to it. There's the work that you're doing together. And then there's your work. Right? Like, are you aware of your own needs? You know how many people are in relationships that have no idea what they need? And then their partner doesn't give them what they need. Okay. So you don't know what you need, but you expect someone else to figure it out. Oh my gosh. This is 
this is ex- this is something that I think our culture gets so wrong. Like I remember growing up, every book I read, every movie that I watched, every narrative, the poems even about love were always about how like they know me better than myself and they can respond. Like they they just see me for uh, I, like this is the narrative that we're brought up in, and I, this is this is a radical shift for me too. It, probably in the last you know five to eight years, I would say, is learning that because for so long I definitely expected my partner to know what I needed to show up. Excuse me, I'm very froggy in my throat today. <laughs> so excited about this topic. Um, but like it, I really just expected my partner to, to know these things and be able to read my mind. Yeah. Um, and spoiler alert, he can't. And I don't think that it, maybe there'll be some sort of technology in like 80 years. Sure. It might outlive our relationship. But uh, our, our lives, I should say. Um, but I think that's such a big thing. So that's so such a great point to bring that home. Yeah. That it like we cannot expect people to be mind readers. No, and that's actually what conscious living in. I guess uh, conscious conscious living is. Well, that's an interesting sentence to say. <laughs> um, it's it's. Do you actually live consciously? Are you aware of yourself? Do you ask yourself these kinds of questions? Because I'll tell you something. Something as really simple as when I got like maybe like a couple of months into my relationship with James back a few years ago when we first started. I got my period and I was feeling very not okay and, you know, cramps and things and I was just a mess. And I was moody and I just was like, I don't want to deal with anyone. I don't want to do anything, you know. And he just asked me, he's like, well, I don't have a period, so what do you need? Just flat out, you know. And this is like really early in our relationship, you know, maybe like six months in or something. And I was like, actually, what I need is a lot of hugs, no don't annoy me and chocolate and ice cream and if i'm really really hungry extra cheese pizza on a thin crust that's it so if you know a man and i'm in a mood because i'm pmsing that's what you need to do it's very simple ice cream hugs pizza done right very simple is everyone taking notes on this please ice take cream, notes pizza, ice cream hugs. pizza hugs okay <laughs> so guess what for three years not every period because i mean like you know let's be real But for three years, almost every single period I had where I wasn't feeling well, some periods were fine, where I wasn't feeling well, I had chocolate, ice cream, pizza, and hugs every single time. Now, I also grew up, there's there's actually a phenomenon, it's called there are people who are the ask culture and there are people who are the guest culture, right? And so people can look that up if you want, the ask culture versus guest culture. Essentially, some people will... Their love language is that you read their mind and give them what they want. You get, you guess, you guess what they want or what they need, and then you give it to them, and they feel really special about that. Some people actually function this way. I'm here to dismantle that. Ask, and you shall receive. And if you have a problem asking your partner for exactly what you need, that's where we start. That's the conversation we want to be having, because it might not even be your relationship that's that's causing or like it might, it might not be an issue in your relationship it might be an issue in yourself that you've never given yourself the opportunity or the or the space to ask for what you need because maybe just maybe you don't believe that you deserve that or maybe you don't you don't believe that you are worthy of that or maybe you don't believe that that person is willing to give you that how are you going to know if you never asked Million dollar question. I mean, I just, it baffles my mind. I baffled my own mind because for a long time, I grew up in a family where you were expected to read other people's minds. You know, 
simple example. My mom would come home tired from work and she'd be like, oh, I can't believe no one emptied the dishwasher. Literally, it's been happening for our entire life at home. I can't believe you emptied the dish. Nobody emptied the dishwasher. So I sat her down one day and I was like, can you imagine if you asked for exactly what you want done in the house? Can you imagine if you actually did that? She's like, I don't have to ask. You should just know. Mm. And that statement happens in so many relationships that I see. I shouldn't have to ask. You should just know. Okay. How's that working for you? Are you happy? Are you getting exactly what you want? Most likely, no. Because nobody's reading anybody's mind. And the same thing with him. The first time he was feeling really down or, or, you know, when his mom got really sick, for example, I didn't know what to do. And so I got into my head of like, oh my God, I have to come up with all the things that I need to do with him. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, am I going to be a good partner? Like, am I doing the right thing? And then I was like, you know what? Just ask him. Hey, babe, what do you need right now? You probably don't even know. So I'm just going to prompt you with that question. And if anything comes up, let me know. Because you know that anything that you need, I will get it for you. So you just let me know. Done. Weight off my damn shoulders. <laughs> now he could tell me, right? It's like, hey, I actually need a lot of space right now. I'm like, oh, excellent. So I'm not going to be all up in his face. You know, I'm going to give him the space that he needed, right? Ask and you shall receive. And I think that that in itself is a part of conscious living. Oh my gosh. Go so good. <sighs> I wish we could. I, know. Uh, <laughs> I think right? we probably will. Oh, we're going to have like eight episodes at some point. It's a whole series. So good. So good. Whole Iron Self series. Absolutely. Um, we want, Just one of the things you touched on there just makes me think about the movie The Breakup, which uh, Jennifer Aniston and... Vince Vaughn. Thank you. Yeah. Um, who, you know, I like both of them outside of this movie, but the movie I just felt like was a lot... Yeah, you're rolling your eyes. Yeah. I also did not... It felt too real because I could just see... The, the conversations just aren't going well. And I remember that scene with Jennifer Aniston saying to Vince Vaughn, like, I want you to want to unload the dishwasher. And he's like, why would I want to do the dishes? And I'm like, that's just such a classic thing. But that's the narrative that our culture has been brought up in, that, like, that if our partners don't automatically show up to do exactly what we want them to do or are able to read our minds or get ahead of these things, that there's something dysfunctional in the relationship. Whereas I love how you just flip the script on this and that it's about us us just saying, yeah. saying what we want. And doing that internal work to say, I deserve to have what I want, so I believe that if I ask for it, I will have an answer to it, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and, and like that even goes with anybody that you live with. I mean, that can you could even do that with your children in any relationship that you have. It doesn't even have to be a romantic relationship. You could be in any relationship and say, hey, like, what is the expectation between us? How do you, how do you communicate? Ask your partner, like, how do you best like to be communicated to? Not everybody's the same, you know? Um, but anyway, we could talk about it a long time. Long, oh, so good. So juicy, though. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the questions that came up a lot, and there's kind of different theme, different threads, but similar theme here. Yeah. You know, can you navigate conscious uncoupling when your other partner isn't into it? Or do you both need to be conscious, or can one person lead the consciousness? Great question. Um so I had the privilege of having a partner who really was on board with this. Um, and so in that, in that specific experience, um, yes, it is very helpful if your partner is into it too, because then, then there's two of you working on this. However, that's obviously not the case. And the question that I would, I will answer your qu- question with a question, which is what about the situation do you want to take along with you? 
because that's going to determine how you're going to handle the situation. So if this person is a toxic person in your life and you want to cut that cord and this person is not to contact you, you do not want to have a relationship with them anymore, they are not a good fit for you, um, and there's some sort of hurt, pain, um, you know, uh, infidelity, for example, whatever it is, right? Like if, if the person is in a, is a is, is, you know, you're in a toxic relationship with someone, then conscious uncoupling is, 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 up, is, is your thing. You are consciously uncoupling yourself from this toxic situation, in which case you are asking yourself, what is it that I need to move away from this situation? What support do I need? Who can I ask? What's, what, um, how does this affect me? How does it affect my children? How does it affect other people that are involved in this relationship? Um, you know, what support system do I have? What support do I need? Who can I talk to? Are there therapists? Are there counselors? Are there, um, you know, spaces for my child, for my children to be in while I deal with this? How do I take care of myself while I remove myself from this toxic situation? In my personal opinion, that's a form of conscious uncoupling because you are consciously, you are using your self-awareness and your own sense of self to remove yourself from something, you, to uncouple yourself from something that no longer serves you. And so it doesn't always depend on the other person. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah. I think a lot of people are probably going to breathe a sigh of relief there. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, because it's about how you show up. It's, it's all you. And, and I think that, you know, and I'm sure that this could be like a follow-up question, which is, well, what happens when the person is actually not civil? Like, what happens when the person is attacking or or you know especially if you share children right because now it's like you know you have to be in the you have to be in their life right like they're, you're both in the children's life and so and and right now you know i i would say about 50 more than 50 percent of my friends um and I'm, I'm in my mid-30s most of my friends that got married in the last five to six years have been divorced or are going through a divorce which is an interesting st statistic. I don't really have much um, reflection on that other than, huh, that's very different from how most of us grew up. So we grew up in families, for most people, we grew up in families where I wonder how conscious those relationships were because people didn't separate for the sake of the children or they didn't separate because of, you know, society norms and like what would people say and, you know, especially for women, you know, they were, back in the day, there was a lot of dependence, you know, on, 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 um, a breadwinner or whatever, right? And so in this case, it's like, well, we don't live in that lifestyle anymore. You know, we've kind of graduated. It's 2021. So, you know, what, you know, if 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 you have to share time and space with, with the, the person that you're sharing children with, for example, and they're toxic and you want to leave them or you, you want to walk away from that relationship and you don't know how, I highly, highly recommend and suggest that you stop your focus on trying to fix the situation and you put all your focus on who are you, where are you in your life, what do you want, what feels good to you, what does your heart desire, what does your body desire, what support do you actually need, and really get to know yourself. Like actually start dating yourself in that moment because you 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 really get to know yourself and then all of a sudden your your own body, your own intuition will give you ideas you never would have thought of. It'll give you an out you've never thought of before. And then when you do that, you're able to go, oh, wow, I'm actually really well resourced right now. I have the power to walk away from this. Or I have the power to know how to deal with this. That's just my thought. It's good. It's yeah. really good. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> and let's start the next TED Talk, please. Right? Uh, yeah, so it's really interesting. I was just reading an article about... Um, 
what did they call it? It was like silver, silver divorces or something like just mm. or gray divorce. I think it's gray divorce is the term because there's so many people actually divorcing later in life now because they've kind of, they've had the careers, they've had the child had their children and then realized they've kind of gone in different directions. So it's, mm-hmm. I think it's a really, um, fascinating piece. And I, I, the article that I read talked about how it's almost like things slowed down enough that, and I'm kind of interjecting the article with what you're saying is it's almost like then you have the spaciousness to be conscious and realize, oh, this is not what I want for the next 20, 30 years. And, you know, now when you're in your 50s and 60s, like you still have a, a lot of life left, whereas, totally. you know, 50 years ago, that may not have been the case. Yeah. Whereas now people are really kind of getting to pause after rushing through the rat race of life and corporate life, corporate careers and kids and all those things getting to this place and being like, wow, is this really what I want? Yeah. So what I'm, you know, I think that this conversation, your method, I'm like calling it methodology. I don't, I don't know if that doesn't really do it justice, but your, your wisdom, I think that being able to be conscious along the way mm-hmm. can help people to be in the right relationship. Exactly. Every step along the way, not mm-hmm. just um, either kind of in the yeah. beginning or holding on to the kids or, or waiting till retirement to be like, oh, this yeah. Is not or not why? Be. Life is so precious. Like life is so precious that I can't imagine living life in a way that does not serve me. I've done that for so long. I've done that my whole life. I've lived under these systems and these and these projections and these conditions that oh, you're supposed to be like this. You know, you get into a relationship and then you get married and then you have kids and then you do this. It doesn't actually flow like that. You know, life is not linear. It was never linear. It will never be linear. Why are we taking a linear approach? And I just thought of something as we were talking. What if it's not even conscious uncoupling, but what if it's conscious coupling? Like, what if there is both? Like, what if when you're getting into a relationship or if you're in a new relationship or if there's a little bit of a bump in your relationship or whatever stage you're in, what if you just introduce the idea of, hey, babe, I'd like to consciously live together. What does that mean? I don't know. What does that mean to you? Like, are we self-aware in this relationship? Are we aware? Like, you know, you could, you, could, you could tell when you're around someone who's just not self-aware. And I just, I'd like those people to meet me in my office, you know? And like, <laughs> let's have a chat here. Because co- being conscious essentially means that you are, you're doing your shadow work. You're doing your inner child work. You're doing your ego work. You're checking in with yourself. Where do my feelings come from? Where do my thoughts come from? Where is this fear coming from? Ooh, I feel shame. Am I going to shame myself for feeling shame? No. Let me sit with the shame. Let me sit with the grief. Let me sit with the guilt. Let me sit with these things and actually work through. And that's why obviously like seeking a coach or seeking a therapist or seeking a counselor is incredible. I had a team. Like I had I think a whole we all need of, a team. We all need a team. Like I that's what that's how I spend my money to be honest. Like it's like Wow, you have some wisdom that's cool. Hiring you and you and you. All right, all of us are going to work on this together. Because at the end of the day, when you are with someone or when you're leaving someone, you don't want it to be feeling like there's something wrong with you or that there's even something wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with humanity. There's just such a craving for us to actually be authentic, but we are terrified. People are terrified of being rejected. No one wants to feel rejected. So why would you be so honest with someone and be afraid of their rejection? You're not going to be honest. Here's my invitation. When you do the work and when you're actually living in a conscious way and when you're that vulnerable, you feel so powerful. But people don't know that until they do it. 
So it's kind of like you just have to believe it and then you'll feel it, you know? But you can't feel it unless you believe it. And so it's like step into that radical vulnerability. Step into that honesty. Step into that true sense of self and watch how the world changes for you. Everything around you will change because you exude so much power. And people are like, wow, how are you so powerful? And you're like, because I cried all morning. That's what I did today. I felt overwhelmed about my day and I was really sad about it. So I cried all morning. Yeah. You think, are you thinking less of me because I cried all morning? No, you're probably like, wow. Wow, and she's so this and she's so that. Yeah, it's because I literally just wear all my emotions on my sleeve. And I don't do it for you. I don't do it for people. I do it for myself. And I invite everyone to do the same because there's so much power. There's so much strength in being honest. I know the, the, the folks listening can't see my face, but I'm like using all my hands and everything. You know, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, can, folks. We, can, we can feel it. We yeah, can feel it. You know? Yeah. I really love what you said about conscious coupling too, because, you know, facilitating this conversation has been kind of interesting for me because I saw like a lot of the, the interviews that I do selfishly there's I have personal questions that I want to ask or I want to you know the CBD oil one I was like I'm curious about this or um just different episodes but to be honest like conscious uncoupling like it's something that I'm very curious about but not from like a personal like I want to go down this path right now kind of thing but I love what you said about conscious coupling because I have felt that there are certain parts of our relationship that can become more honest and it's not to the point of like that I want to rele- release it. So I love that yeah. there's like an alternative. So anyone else is sitting there being like, oh, but like, do I have to consciously uncouple to have all this authenticity and no. honesty and vulnerability? Um, I don't know. It feels like you just gave me like <sighs> the chance to be like, oh, okay, we can have all this in relationship too. And that seems, I don't know why that seems so radical to me, but it does. Because I'm probably because the narrative out there is the opposite one of one of the other right yeah and that's and i think that's the thing like you know we're talking about conscious uncoupling when you're ready to leave the relationship okay but what about when you're in the relationship and you're stoked great awesome stay in there what kind of relationship are you in because if you're in a con and here's here's the i'll just like share this james and i were in a very conscious relationship and that's why it made it very easy to consciously uncouple but if we were never in a conscious relationship, this would be way more difficult because he'd be like, what the hell is consciousness? You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, you can't just spare it up on the point and be like, well, I heard this podcast and now I'm going unconscious- to consciously uncouple with you. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? Like, people are going to be like, what are you talking about? You know? So it's, it's, it's how do you want to take consciousness, vulnerability, powerful honesty compassionate curiosity all of these things how do you want to implement that in your life and in your relationships all forms of relationships and watch what happens because when it doesn't work or if it doesn't work for whatever reason you'll have this massive foundation to stand on you know and then you're not going to be so um uh what's the word like not aligned with yourself because you're constantly aligned because you're constantly checking in with yourself and asking yourself and being honest, you know? Okay, so here's I, the uh, question that's come up a lot. Probably like the biggest one. And I know it's you've said a lot of different pieces here, but I want to see if there's any way you can kind of sum it up or anything else you want to add to it. The question of how. So obviously we can't just go in and be like... <laughs> 
<laughs> lovely. I can't just I want to consciously uncouple with you. It does. It's not that simple. Yeah. Um. And also, there may not be people that have been in a conscious relationship for years and may yeah. not have that. So, how do you do this? What is it? What does it look like? Are there? <laughs> I'm such like a sometimes I'm such a linear thinking thinker still from my corporate life. Like, are there steps? Is there a wheel? Are there? Yeah. Is there? It, what would you say to that to that question of like, how do you do this? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Thank you I, to our listeners for all these great questions. You yes. guys are amazing. We love you. Yeah, we love. I love these questions so much. Um, so I think I think the how is first step. Can you carve out space and time to actually sit with yourself? Number one. Number two. What do you want to get to know about yourself? What do you want to get to know? Do you actually know you? Is there any part of you that you would like to interview yourself with or ask yourself some questions? And number three, what does it actually mean to you to live authentically? What does it actually mean to you to live honestly? What does it actually mean to you for you to live radically? And by radical, I mean in your own way, not caring about what other people are going to say. Create the time and space to ask yourself these questions on a regular basis. I mean, that's like literally life coaching 101. But like, that is what you want to ask yourself. That is what I ask myself almost every day. About anything. And I'd say those questions probably apply just as much for if you want to consciously couple. Yes. It's the same. You should just ask those questions yeah. all the time. Yeah. Regardless of what situation you're in, that's that's what I would say step one is let's go internal. Mm-hmm. What are you internally experiencing? What's the internal weather inside? Mm-hmm. What's the internal emotion inside? Where are those emotions coming from? Who am I? What do I stand for? What makes sense to me? Do the work on your own first. And then the next step is to then bring it to your partner and say, hey, I've done some work here and it seems like I don't think I want to be in this relationship anymore. How do we want to do this? It's never about telling the person. It's about asking them to be in. It's about inviting them into a conversation. It's about inviting them into honesty. And you know what the best way to do that? By showcasing it yourself. You have to lead by example, right? And so... You know, James didn't know anything about conscious coupling or uncoupling or, you know, even using those words. Like, James didn't know these kinds of things. That wasn't really, it's not really what he, what he's focused on in his life. Like, that's not, these are not the books that he reads. These are not the interesting conversations that he has. He's into different things. And so I just came to him and was like, you know, I've done a lot of work. Do you know what this word means? Or like, have you ever heard of this before or whatever? No? Okay, cool. Well, me neither, kind of. So like, do you want to look into this together? You know, invite the person to be part of the conversation. Of course, that's if they are willing and safe right safety emotional safety is very important here so this is assuming that the person is safe for you to do that if the person is not safe for you to do that go back to step one go internal because if you strengthen your internal compass if you know what you want and you start really asking yourself the tough questions and really looking deep inside it's not going to matter what the person's doing because you're already going to know exactly where you want to go and when you want to go and why you want to go you know, so it's 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 such an internal process. And I mean, you know, you can either do it on your own using these reflection questions. You can hire a coach. You can hire a, a counselor. You can, you know what I mean, and, and really work on it. And I think that, you know, it it's about the self-work. Like, what work are you doing for yourself? How focused on you are you? How focused on you are you? You know? I appreciate this so much and we probably should have started with like a caveat of we don't have a magic wand to change your partner because 
I don't know if you experience this, but in in coaching, in the professional development world, the personal growth, whatever you want to call it, spirituality even, I feel like sometimes like when I go and I share on a topic, whether it's time management or goals or facing fears, like people just want me to tell them exactly what to do or to either just like fix the problem. Like people, not maybe not expressly, everyone jokes, everyone laughs when I say this, but the truth is they want me to tell them how to find 30 hours in a day. Yeah. Or they want me to tell them how to... Um, find the money today to hire a nanny and a staff and to fix their husband and all these things. Yep. So I, it sucks to have to realistically tell people like, sorry, but that's not what we're going to like. I don't have that magic wand. Cause if I, if I did, I would absolutely share it with you guys. But I feel like that's kind of the similar real talk that we're having here in terms of relationships is that we don't have a magic wand. That conscious uncoupling is not like a magic fairy dust that we can sprinkle and change our partner or even conscious coupling to change our partner or change our relationship. But the work does start with us. And when we are in alignment, when we are compassionate for ourselves and for others and we are radically vulnerable, as you say, then we're able to stand in our power and that that creates that opens up so many different possibilities ideas um and new power within us to take the right next step i've been watching a lot of frozen too and like that's it's like the next right step is the theme mm. of that movie good movie if you haven't watched it i've watched it at least a hundred times in a week of course of course <laughs> i love that that's, summary that's how i feel about this conversation is yeah. that um spot on for anybody that's looking for the magic fairy dust we don't have that for your partner. Uh, but when you can look at yourself and be radically vulnerable with yourself, ironically, that's the magic fairy dust for everything because that's going to show up in everything that you do, your I relationships, your family, your, your work, ever, all the things that you're doing. Yeah. I, 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 love, I love what you just said and I love that summary because that's exactly what it is. The magic fairy dust is you. The magic fairy dust is your vulnerability. Like when I say radical vulnerability, I'm talking like power move. Like when you're so vulnerable and you're so honest, that's just a badass power move. That's the fairy dust or the magic dust or whatever. That's the dust. Yeah. And then once you kind of, once you, it's a muscle, it's an art form, you know, like once you practice it, once you build it, you can't lose it. And then now it's yours. You could sprinkle it on any situation. You sprinkle it a lot, and I love that about you. Oh, I sprinkle it all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is why we're going to have another conversation, like, so much more, because you have, I know you have a lot of other... There's a lot of magical ways that your your own personal dust shows up, and it's Ooh. really cool. Uh, here's a question for you about unconscious coupling. Were there any unexpected challenges that came up? Yes. Um, you know, uh, splitting finances. Um, hmm. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Because that is a question that, that came up. And yeah money yeah and i'm gonna kind of poke in here like i think my guess is that anything that is triggering is going to be extra triggered in these moments and money like even for people we love in relationships we want to be in or people causes we care about things we want to spend money on we still have lots of ego and trigger around money yeah uh there's not enough of it i can't afford it it's too expensive i don't who do i do i deserve this so i can only imagine in the situation of now uncoupling and i use the air quotes for the word splitting that in some way like all of those triggers are going to come up and they're going to be yeah you're going to rub salt in them and it was yeah and i'll share vulnerably that was one of the biggest 
challenges we had in our relationship. And that was what led to how do you actually want to live your life? And how do you want to actually spend your time? What do you want to be doing to make money? What do you want to be doing to spend your time? So it all really came together. And it was the, one of the biggest challenges during our relationship and one of the biggest challenges while we were uncoupling from ourselves. Um, and it again, I sound like a freaking parrot, but it's the same thing. It was like, okay, how does this actually work? And, you know, for example, we were kind of dependent on each other, right? Financially as well. So, you know, we were living together. And so <clears throat> us splitting up, quote unquote, like, you know, actually splitting means that I'm going to go live somewhere and he's going to go live somewhere. Vancouver, hello, rent is expensive, you know? All of a sudden now you've you've doubled your rent or maybe even more, right? For me, I trip almost tripled my rent just by moving away. Um, you know, we shared a car. We still share a car, you know? We um, had certain money put away. We had certain money, you know, moving back and forth. So, of course, when we were together, you know, it was never like uh, I paid for this and you paid for this. It was kind of coming from the same place, right? But then now there's certain things where it's like, well, actually, that really accumulated for a while there. And so, like, who owes who what? And so... The beauty about all of this, and this is why I sound like a parrot, is that when you're honest, when you're radical, when you're raw, then you have nothing to lose because you are showing up as your full self. And so I did that with him. He did that with me. What ended up happening is even though we broke up in September, um, it just wasn't feasible for either of us. We, we just weren't ready. And that's another thing, too. It's like we weren't ready financially to split up. It doesn't mean that we had to wait because if you had, if we waited to split up, knowing that we are going to split up, then imagine how interesting and and confusing that time period would be, right? So we just ended it in September, and we said, let's give ourselves two months to kind of get our stuff together, right? So like, you know, like if, if you know, if you're, you know, I needed to find my own place, I wanted to live on my own for the first time, so I was like, well, I can't afford that right now. I can't just jump in and go find a place. It's the pandemic. I don't know what's happening with work. Like, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, right? So, you know, we gave each other grace. We gave each other space. We gave each other, you know, there were moments where I was like, you know what? This feels really uncomfortable for me. Um, I don't want to be here right now. It's kind of painful. I, it's weird that, I, that, I'm, that I'm now thinking of you as not my partner and I'm very attached to you. And so I'm actually going to take some space and, you know, um, I had a friend who had an empty space for a while and so I like stayed there for about a week and then came back and was like, okay, I really needed that space. But I love that I was able to say that to him because it doesn't mean that I don't want to be around him. He didn't take it the wrong way. You know what I mean? Um, but money definitely was, to sum it up, money was one of them. Um, and so give yourself grace. Thank you for your honesty on that too. Yeah. I know that's... Hey, that's vulnerability is powerful, so I feel powerful just sharing that. So. You are powerful. Yeah. I mean, I, have, I can't just talk out of my bum. I have to like you know, walk the walk too. And that's, that's what it is. And so, yeah, we split that. And then once, once like October, November rolled around, it was like, okay, how are we doing? How are we feeling about this? Is it, do you have enough money that you feel comfortable for the next few months? I have enough money to feel comfortable for the next few months. Okay. I think it's time to go. And then we, and then I found an apartment and then I moved and it was a very emotional time, of course, when I actually physically moved myself out of there and into my new home. The second thing that was a big challenge also financially is the car right? Like we share a car. And so technically it's actually my, my car, um, that I had from before and his, you know, something happened to him. Anyway, we started sharing the car for the majority of our relationship. And so for example, I'd like to sell the car, right? I'd like to sell the car. The financing on it is over in September and I don't really want it anymore. I want a four by four cause I want to be a, you know, mountaineer person. And so I'd like to sell the car, right? So 
this conversation actually just happened like last week or two weeks ago where I was like, hey, so um, you're using the car Monday to Friday. I use the car on the weekends. Um, we split that up that way. He has, a, he has a garage that the car stays in and I live in the West End where I would have to pay like $100 a month for a parking spot. Why? I work from home. I don't need that. And I live downtown. So again, negotiation, right? It's like, well, you work in Port Coquitlam at 7 a.m. every day. I work from my bed, or if you follow me on Instagram, sometimes from my toilet, okay, is where I work from. Don't really think I need the car, you know? So why don't you keep the car and I'll take it on the weekends, but we also have the same friends. So if we're going away, we're probably going away together. And if not, we'll have to negotiate that. And let's just see how it works for the first couple of months and let's just see how it goes. I've never shared a car with anyone before. I've never shared this kind of situation. I've never done this before. I've never been in this situation before. So I was like, hey, bestie, I don't know how to deal with this. Neither do you. So can we just like try and let's just be honest with the, can we promise each other that we'll be honest with each other? He's like, yep, let's do this. So the first month, easy breezy because it was December. Who's going anywhere? Then now it's kind of starting to pick up a little bit and I want to go on a hike, for example. So I'll just let him know. Hey, I need the car this weekend. Yep. And we both agreed. That's another thing too. It's like open communication allows you to create negotiations and that negotiation can allow you to create agreements. And when you agree on something because you really truly believe in it, that agreement holds you together. And that's like, it's such a beautiful way to connect, you know, because you actually could build agreements. And now we're... Yeah, that's that was like some of the struggle was splitting things up and negotiating. Be open, be honest. I literally sound like a broken record. It's hilarious. You sound like a good broken record. No, <laughs> I love it. It's, uh, and I mean, the really powerful thing is you just sharing. Even I could hear so many times where you obviously would have had to drop your ego mm-hmm. in terms of like this is my car drop that right like how much do I need it versus how much do you need it how much who paid for what like there's so much ego in there and even just what you said like being able to say look I've never shared a car before I don't know how this is gonna work can we just try it and check in in a month like that is just so powerful and it's so simple yeah and I also know it's not always easy to do so I think it's really cool that you you share that and I also I guess when I acknowledge I recognize there's probably a lot of work that you had to do yeah to get past those ego pieces and same yeah. thing with money like yeah. how how many how hard like there's so much ego attached to money right like yeah. our whole worth is around how much money you have really in our society yeah. in many ways and um so it's incredible that you were able to just be like i can't do this right now but i can in two months and and also to have enough compassion for yourself and for your partner to say like are you okay too yeah. because so often like when that that separation happens it can be very easy to then be like well that's your problem not my problem and i love that you obviously were able to drop enough ego to be like i know what i need do you, what do you need let's make sure we both get this and mm-hmm. then we will make it work together absolutely and i think a note on the ego that has absolutely altered and changed my life and i'm happy to share here with Pop, everyone please let's hear it Your ego is your bodyguard. Your ego is literally its job. It was specifically designed to protect you. It will do anything to protect you, including harm you. It will do anything. Your ego is specifically designed to be your bodyguard. It will do whatever it needs to do to protect you. So when you are conscious... When you are living in a conscious way, when you are doing the work, when you are checking in with yourself, when you're doing that internal work, 
you can start having a conversation with the ego. Hey, ego, thanks for showing up, man. Appreciate you. I know you're here to protect me, but actually, I got this one. Appreciate you, though. I know you're trying to protect me over the car, but I actually got this one because... Yeah, I had a conversation with my heart and I also had a conversation with my body and like we all we all agreed so we're good like you could take a day off if you like I know it's your job appreciate you ego love you but I think you're you know you have some time off coming up so if you don't mind just taking a chill taking a chill moment and just have a conversation with your ego and watch watch how that transforms your world Oh my gosh, I feel like everyone now is going to be messaging you, hiring you to talk to their own personal bodyguards. There Great. he goes. <laughs> I would love that. So good. Love it. So good. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so good. That was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you was about ego, so I love that they just yeah. came I through. I love talking about the ego. Because a lot of times people people make it, make it seem like your ego is some sort of enemy. It's like, you know it's you, right? Like, the ego is you. It, it's actually you. It's just the, the part of you that will do anything to protect itself mm-hmm. and to protect you. And it's up to you to keep it in check. Yeah. This is very similar to the conversations we've been having in both my community and my mastermind. Um, you know, in my community, one of the questions that came up was, um, you know, how do I, like, we, you know, the inner critic, ego, whatever you want to call it. Um, like, it, it's coming up and this, you know, one client was like, well, I really, it, it's like helped me in the past. It's kept me from, you know, it's why I have the job that I have. It's why I have certain, like the the home that we have. It's why I have certain things. And she's like, how can I just release that and let that go? I'm like, well, well, you don't. You just have to be able to understand at what point is it serving you and is at what point is it harming you or is it not serving you? That's the question because there are going to be times, like your ego is there for a reason or your inner critic is there for a reason. You know, you have that protection. Um, it's important for it to be there. And if it wasn't there, we would, you know, would we unconsciously, you know, jump off something that was too high and not know? Would we step into traffic without knowing? Would we, and here, here's the other thing, this is a conversation that came up in our mastermind. I remember talking about um, how like your ego will also grow as you go, right? So your ego from 10 years ago is a lot less savvy than the ego today and your ego is just going to continue to get more savvy. And one of my clients was like, that's really, that makes me sad that I'm never going to get rid of it. And I'm like, no, like it's always going to be learning and protecting and growing for you because 10 years ago, it wasn't able to recognize that that toxic work environment or that relationship dynamic that was not going to work for you or <laughs> boundaries that needed to be there with certain types of family members. And because you, your ego is also growing and evolving. It's also going to remind you of those lessons that you had as well. So yes. it does have a place where it serves you and a place where it doesn't. And that's, I think, to you know, sum up what you've been talking about, like going into yourself. I love what you said there. Like, talk to my heart, talk to my body. We're good. And yeah, I literally listen. actually have like this is a um, this is actually a tactic I use with my clients all the time. Like some of their homework, I give them homework. It's fun. Um, but some of the <laughs> we homework- call it home play. Oh, that's oh, that's so much more fun, can right? I, can I steal that? If, yes, you, okay, I think great. I'm sure I sold it somewhere. I don't even know where. I just like I remember I saw it at some point. I'm like, yeah, home play. So oh, much more that's fun. so much better than homework. Oh, I Ugh. think it was from a sex course I did. I oh, <laughs> oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice. That's mm-hmm. another conversation. Actually. That is. <laughs> um, so for home play, for example, what I what I tell some of my clients is, if you can, it might only last ten seconds the first time because it's really awkward at first. But if you can, uh go into the like go look in the mirror um or if you want you can take a video selfie of yourself or whatever and have a chat have a chat with your ego like actually have a chat just be like hey ego 
how you doing? Like, I was just coming in to check on you, man. Like, how how you feeling? You know, you've been a little bit anxious these days. Like, what's going on? You know, and watch what comes out from your mind, and write it down, or cry it, or dance it, or shower it, or poop it. I don't know. Whatever you need to do, do it so that you can actually have that conversation with your ego. I talk to my ego all the time, all the time. I'm like, ooh, you're coming in hot today. What's going on? You know, like. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, you can't do anything. This is a terrible idea. I can't believe you're making a movie. Like, what are you thinking? No one's going to listen to this. What, is, what a stupid idea. You're going to talk about conscious uncoupling? What are you, a therapist? You don't know anything. Why would you talk about that? I could be an... like. I'm glad you pooped that one out. I did. <laughs> I pooped that one out, you know? And so I just... I, I had a conversation. I was like, hey... Wow, wild, little wild, 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 wilding out here, I see. Okay. What's going on? Like... What what is it about you that like talk to me ego like what's happening you know, and then I found out that yeah there was a lot of times in my past as a child where I would say certain things and people would call me crazy, or people would call me like ridiculous or you're so weird no one no one no one thinks like that you're so weird no one thinks like that my parents have called me that my my, my friends colleagues people would be like oh, you're such a weirdo you're so weird that doesn't even make like can you like why are you not normal. Stuff like that, you know? And so, of course, if I want to talk, I had a hard time expressing myself now. This is this has changed. I could talk for days now. But at the time, it, you know, that ego piece came up like last week. You know, I knew we were having our podcast. I'm not nervous. I'm not, I'm, I'm not shy, you know? But that, that came up. It was like, oh, like, do you really think that's appropriate? Like, do you really think blah, blah, blah? Is the ego actually trying to put me down? No. It's just so terrified of ever being in a situation where it was put down before. It's so terrified of being made fun of. It's so terrified. That's me. That's Of course I'm scared. I don't want someone to call me an idiot. I don't want someone... I mean, if calling me weird now is actually pretty cool. So if you think I'm weird, that's awesome because I only like weirdos. But at the time, it was an insult, right? People were like, you're so like, you're so out there. It's so weird. No one... You're never going to find a man. You're never going to find... Well, joke's on you. I'm queer. But anyway, like... You're never going to find a dude that's like this or you're never going to find, you know, no one's going to marry you if you're so radical, if you're so out there. I'm like, okay, I don't really understand. It seems like that sounds like you're projecting something. But when I was younger, I didn't have those words. You know, I didn't have that language. I didn't have those things. Now, that's why my message is so loud and clear. It's like, you're, 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 you know, you're vul- and your vulnerability actually allows you to reach your ego faster because you're honest. And so your ego gets used to that honesty and starts being honest with you. Now your best buds, your best pals, you, you know, the ego takes on some stuff, you take on the other stuff, and then you're this like unstoppable team. Like this this whole concept of 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 you know breaking the ego and like ego death and like pushing the ego, I honestly really think that that's a bunch of spiritual bypassing that I do not approve of. And there's a lot of that out right now, especially in like the life coaching world and self-development. And it's like, you know, like you know, crush your limiting beliefs and like crush your ego. How's that going for you? Because it doesn't work like that. You know, like how are you going to crush yourself? Your ego is you. Why are you crushing it? See, I, I'm totally guilty of using some of that language. Yeah. But as soon as people come to me, as soon as like, and yeah. I, I work with everybody, I mean, I, everyone that comes into my programs, like we have we get we have the talks we have yeah. the talks and um that's when i kind of give them the like yeah hey here's the other side of it which is yes you don't want that to run your life for you you don't want your no. bodyguard to be like 
taken down every opportunity taken down no. you know you don't want them to be stopping you from living no. who you are um and there's also times where it's there to serve you and it's yeah. like getting closer in touch with who you are to be able to navigate that question i love that thank you and also doesn't look as good on or like i don't like i don't want to doesn't look as good on a sales page not as easy to describe on a sales page no. or in like a yeah. social media post so that's why I, it's like, so hard I, yeah anyway I'm just I'm like oh, I feel like I'm in a Catholic confessional I'm like wait I totally <laughs> use that language in my life coaching but see that's also that's also your vulnerability and you standing in your strength to be like hey actually yeah that's really true and this is how I choose to use that language this is the how I choose to do things with my clients and that right there is that's actually one of the essence of the of the things that we're talking about is that so many things can, can can exist simultaneously. You don't have to be this or that, conscious or not conscious, in a couple or not in a couple, good or bad, mm. hot or sweet. Not everything is so binary. Mm. And I can go into that in a whole other conversation, but not everything is very binary. Come it's not back like, for episode 107. Right? <laughs> it's like, come on, this whole series. But it's not, you know, this is good and this is not good. Everything that I'm saying, you could listen to this episode and go, nope, that doesn't work for me. Great. Awesome. That means that you just checked in with yourself and you figured that what I'm saying is nonsense and you don't like it. Awesome. That's that's you checking in with yourself, which means that you actually did like the episode. But that's you checking in with yourself, you know? So it's like, it's a win-win. Like, I don't know why people think of life as a lose-lose. It's a win-win, people. Win-win. It's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, so much good stuff here. <laughs> oh, I love this. I know. I'm like so juicy. You know, I love it. I love that about you. So much fun. Um, what would you say to a person, man, woman, any anything, any human who's in a relationship, wondering that's that's good enough, and wondering if it's gonna be more work to stay in it or more work to uncouple? Like, what would you say to that person who's like, it's it's good enough right now? What do you say to them? Are you happy? Do you have peace of mind? Are you grounded? Are you able to express yourself as you are? If the answer is yes, get it, honey. Stay in the relationship and have a great time. You don't have to get married or have children or promise to live the rest of your life together. I mean, that's also, you know, that type of commitment is a little, you know, you don't have to make that commitment from the first two months that you've met this person. Like, relax, <laughs> you know? Just ask yourself, like, Am I happy? Am I grounded? Do I have peace of mind? And am I able to be fully myself with this person? If the answer is somewhat of a yes in all those questions, have a great time. If the answer is no, check in. Why? What's the barrier here? What stops you from doing any of these things? What, what's, what's happening? What's really happening? And then it just becomes a little bit less complex. Mm. Yeah. Simple and profound. Yeah. Thank you. That's so good. I mean, I'm looking, I have a whole list of questions that have come in. I honestly, I think a lot of them have really come down to the toxicity piece, you know. Um, but here's one more. Actually, here's one more. And I know I realize you and James did not have do not have children, but do you have any thoughts or suggestions? Because there are some of our listeners that do have children yeah. and are wondering how to do this without effing up the kids. Yeah. Basically that's, that's the question. How do you yeah. do this without effing up the kids? Yeah. I love that question. And actually, um, I can't go into the detail, but I do have a couple of friends right now that are going through a divorce that do have children. Um, and so 
one of the things I've noticed about them is there are two relationships. There is a relationship you have with that partner, and then there's a relationship with have with with the parent of that child. So there's the human that you're no longer partnered with, and then there's them being the parent of the child. Right, so like the that's person and then like the, almost the role. The role, that's right. There's the person and there's the role. So you're consciously uncoupling or you're leaving or splitting up, breaking up, whatever word you want to use, from the person. You are not uncoupling from their role in your children's life. And so I think that the more you're able to separate those two things, you're not going to take the resentment that you have or the fear or anger or shame or, or um, you know, toxicity that you've had with the person as a person as your partner and and now you're not going to carry that into their role so for example let's say that james and i had a child right and let's say james is not the best i mean it's really hard to think that but let's just say he's just meh at best i might not want to be with james anymore i might not want to spend my time with james anymore but do i actually think he's a good father just because someone's a good it's a, just just because someone is not a good partner doesn't mean they're not a good parent. And I think that it's very important to separate those two. And in witnessing and being in a supportive role with friends who are going through that right now, it's that was a huge distinction that allowed your emotion to be validated. Because the problem is you don't like this person or you don't want to be around them and you feel some type of way about them, but then your kid loves them because they're their dad for example right how do you how do you hold space for both right because you don't want to invalidate your own emotion and you also do not want to push all of your crap onto your child because that's not fair to the child right so i think the bet the the first thing to do is separate that person this is there's two different or let's call them two different roles there's the role of the partner and there's the role of the parent they're not the same they are not the same person, even though we're talking about the same person. It's not the same person. And I think that's really important so that you're not spilling, so that you can feel everything you're feeling around them being a partner and you don't spill it into the them being a parent, mm. right? Um, of course, this only applies if you, if this is a safe person to still be with your children. We're not talking about people who are, you know, their children were taken away from them or something. Like we're talking about a general you know, you don't like your partner anymore or you don't feel aligned with them anymore or there's a lot of toxicity in terms of like the 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 partner to partner role, but maybe they're a great dad or a great mom, great parent in general, right? If they're a great parent, then let's let's allow them to be a great parent because the whole idea of like, oh my god, I don't want to f up the kids. Okay. Can we reframe that? So it's not I don't want to f up the kids. It's I want to give my kids the best experience of two epic parents. That's the question because framing things allows you to think allows you to think in a different way, right? So every time you reframe something, so it's oh my god, I don't want to f up the kids. That is the energy of I don't want to do this. I have to be careful of doing this. It's very it's very like anxious energy, mm-hmm. right? Fear based, fear based, anxious energy. It's we don't want that. Maybe suggestion would be reframe that to say, I want my kids to have the best, most profound relationship with two parents. How dope is that? I want my kids to have a really awesome life with two loving parents. I don't have to love the other parent, 
but that they get to feel the love of both parents. That's your focus. So you're not thinking, how am I going to F them up? You're thinking, how am I going to create more space for them to have a relationship with both parents? It's going to allow you to drop your ego. It's going to allow you to separate your emotions from one role to the other. It's going to allow you to be able to be honest with your children as they get older. And you're not going to you're not going to be acting a fool in front of your kids. You know, like don't talk bad about the other person to the child. Don't do it. You know, I'm a child of that. It's not fun because you lose respect for either of them. And then you lose kind of you you grow up being like, "Hmm, why did you do this? Like, you know, like you, you should have seen a counselor or something, you know? And so that's another thing too. Ask for help. Oh my gosh. So many people go through this stuff alone. Why? Why are you alone? Why? There's literally ask for help from your friends, from your family, from a counselor, from support groups, from masterminds, from coaches, from online content. Ask and you shall receive. Ask for exactly what you need and the universe, God, life, I don't know, spaghetti monster, whatever you believe in, will provide it to you, you know? Um, and I think that's how to deal with the whole kids thing. Wow, so good. Yeah. I especially love the reframe of the question. Like, that just changes everything. Yeah. And, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, so cool. Okay. I'm going to try and wind this down here as much as I want to keep talking all day here. Um, conscious uncoupling maybe even consciousness what does this look like in friendships I, mm-hmm. that was also I know there's a couple people especially in the pandemic I don't that's just there's been a lot of change for all of us we're all yeah. caring a lot we're um, evolving and there's some friendships that may no longer be working yeah is there anything different that you would say for uncoupling I'm like is that even unfriending it's a thing yeah yeah what would you say about that anything um I think that everything that's been happening over the last year has actually really affected that. So, um, you know, for me personally, and this is another vulnerable share, for me personally, there were, especially everything that was happening with social justice, um, as a queer person, as a black person, as an immigrant, as someone who has multiple intersecting identities, my threshold for what's acceptable and what's not acceptable went up a little bit. So, or down, I guess, went down a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, unfortunately in the last year, there were some very uncomfortable conversations that were had with friends that I, uh, just couldn't uh, hold space for. And, and I knew that they couldn't hold space for me. And it was really difficult actually. That, that was way more difficult than it was to, to, to end things with James. I don't know why. Um, hmm. That's a reflection question. Stay tuned. Maybe I'll think about that. I'll reflect on that. But one of the things that I noticed was... It's actually the exact same um, questions that we talked about before. Am I happy? Am I grounded? Am I, do I have peace of mind? And do I actually know, can I be 100% myself around this person? Um, I'm very, very, very blessed to have that answer be a hell yeah for about 99% of people in my life. And that is intentional. I am ruthless with that. You have, like, I'm not going to have subpar relationships. I'm not going to have relationships that harm me more than more than that harm me period actually and that's not to confuse that with difficult conversations or difficult situations or being wrong and having to fix it or or have or uh, being wronged and asking for someone to fix it that's not what i'm saying i'm not saying everything is la 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 just easy breezy and everything is all dandy in a man land you're not saying good vibes only 
hell no. Like, I've never been a good vibe. What What do you mean good vibes only? Like, read a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not, that doesn't, doesn't exist. However, I have, I have, and you mentioned this before, I have very clear boundaries. If you cross those boundaries, we're going to have a conversation about it. And if you continue to cross my boundaries, why am I still here? I could wish you well. I could support you from afar. I can love you from far. I can pray for you or hope that, you know, ask the universe to give you exactly what you deserve. I can have so much love for you. It doesn't mean that we have to hang out all the time. It doesn't mean that I need to invest in our relationship anymore. And that happened quite a bit around, you know, social justice stuff. It was just kind of like, you are so unaware of what's happening in the world that I do not have the bandwidth to hold space for that. You know, like when someone comes and says, oh, well, you know, no, I don't think that, you know, it's all, it should all be Black Lives Matter. Like, all lives matter. Well, at that point, you've crossed a little bit of a boundary for me. And does, it mean, does, it, does that mean that I have less love for you? No, it just means that I can't have you in my sphere right now. So I'm going to wish you well and let you float away, right? For example, that was, that was a big one um, that happened quite a few times last year. And that was heartbreaking because it was like, oh, man, this is... These are like these are my very 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 um, standard values that I was not gonna shy away from and and that was that actually brought me really really into a sad place because I was like I didn't re- or like finding out that finding out that some friends are Trump supporters at that point it's like well I I I'm, I'm I don't have the bandwidth to have this discussion and I don't have the space and I don't want to actually. Just, you know, there's a difference between I don't have the bandwidth and I don't want to give you part of that bandwidth. And you're allowed that. You're allowed to be very, very particular with how you want to spend your energy. Who is in your energy sphere? You're allowed that. And honestly, we're in a effing pandemic, okay? So I saw a meme the other day and it was like, everybody needs more than what everybody has to give. And that's the truth. So, you know like where where is the grace for yourself to give yourself space you know um yeah uncoupling with relationships is uh, friendships is just the same they follow the exact you're still intimate with that person it's just emotional intimacy and 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 friendship intimacy which is very different but it it's still the heart you did know? you actually say to these people some people i did and some people it was a gradual letting go mm. yeah some people it was Hey, you know, it's it's I don't want to have this discussion any further. However, I respect your opinion and at this point this is not something, you know, I can't be friends with someone who believes that I don't have rights. It's just as simple as that. Like I can't physically come to your house. I mean, no one's going to people's house, but can't come to your house and break bread with you and eat with you when you are electing people who say I do not have the right to exist as a queer person, as an immigrant, as a Muslim person, whatever. So that's just a hard line like you know and people's like well you know you could agree to disagree yeah on pizza toppings on like what's the best ice cream not whether or not i deserve to exist or whether or not i deserve to have the rights as everybody else that's not really up for discussion you know and so those were very difficult those were very very difficult because at some point that becomes toxic to me right and so how do i let that go so that was really hard in the pandemic too. And especially with how things are right now, even COVID, some people cut me off. We're like, well, you know what? Like, we don't think that you're taking this seriously. I am. I wear a mask. I wash my hands. I just, I'm not freaking out about it in this exact moment because my parents live far away and I live on my own. So 
I'm kind of in my own house all the time, so I just don't talk about it all the time. That's all. I have my own views, but I don't talk about it all the time. I've had friends come to me and say, you know, we don't think you're taking it seriously, and we just, we don't, we don't, we don't appreciate that, and we need some space. Okay. I was bothered, obviously. I was like, what? Come on, like, I didn't do anything, you know? But then it's interesting because now you can apply it the other way. I'm like, oh, you know what? They're just doing what's best for them. They're just doing what works for them. They're doing what's best for them. Drop the ego. This has nothing to do with me. This is just what works for them. And I just left it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sharing so openly on that. That's yeah. Vulnerability is power. I say it all the time. Yeah. I bow to you. Amazing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, tell us where, where can we find you, follow you, bask in your power, Ooh. all the things. Okay. Awesome. So you <laughs> drink some water. <laughs> We've been chatting a lot. <laughs> right. Um, so where can you find me? So these concepts that I've talked about around radical vulnerability and, and compassion and how to actually be your authentic self. I do that in multiple ways. So either I work with individuals um, through life coaching techniques. And so I'll work with clients one-on-one and we go through, you know, what does it look like and what does it mean for you to be your most powerful sense of self? What is that, you know, how do you want to use that power? How do you step into that power? Because you already have it. It's already inside you. We're just going to tickle it out a little bit. Um, And so we do that, you know, so that's that's one thing I do. So if you want to find me, with that, you can go on my Instagram, which I'm sure will be in the notes of the episode. I, it will I be. Assume. Yeah, we'll make sure there's uh, links for everything. Yeah, so if you're into life coaching and you want to work one-on-one with me or you're having some issues with your relationships or anything like that and you want to chat. Yeah, I was curious. Do you, you do can... conscious uncoupling coaching? You or? know, I mean, I do it without it calling it that. <laughs> okay, got it. So yeah. I guess, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> throw that on the, on the, on the list. Mm. Um, so there's that. And then if you are, um, in an organization or in a company or, um, in a group of sorts, and you're looking into doing diversity, inclusion, and equity work, you're looking to look at, you know, what is privilege? How do you want to use your privilege? What does conscious allyship mean? Again, the word consciousness comes up. How do you, how do you build a team that's fostered, that's, that's, that's rooted in, um, justice, that's rooted in vulnerability, that's rooted in, um, everyone having the space to be truly themselves and safety, um, equity, all of these things. Uh, I work with organizations and, and companies to do that, and I love doing that work. And it's all rooted in radical com- radical vulnerability and compassionate curiosity. You can find me on LinkedIn for that. So that's something there. And finally, I'm using all of these concepts, and I am now producing a movie called Iron Self, and it's all around the power of vulnerability and the power of compassion. And it's the story of me going on this epic hike and redeeming myself after almost dying on a hike and how I got to uh, go through the journey. And so you get to watch the real, raw, vulnerable journey of doing what seems to be impossible and making it possible. And I'm hoping that that is going to inspire people to take action and, and, and make change in the world that they want to make. And that um, we are fundraising for it right now and so if you want to make the movie happen and you want to see the movie there's a gofundme that you can access and you're welcome to pass it around read about it donate do whatever you want to do with it oh yeah um, amazing amazing yeah. so instagram for for one-on-one linkedin for diversity inclusivity and equity work uh for organizations and gofundme for iron self the movie yeah and i mean i don't even know this life like, be- i <laughs> I can't believe that this is my life. Like sometimes, you know, even for anybody who's listening, 
Um, and I know that, that the community here is strong and awesome. It, for anybody who's listening, it's just like, it, it, you know, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think that your movie is going to be amazing. We will Thanks. definitely share the link. And you guys, um, if you're looking for a way to, and I know that a lot of us are, we're looking for ways to support creatives, to support different voices, um, just and share real, inspiring stories. We all want that to happen. So yeah. we've got to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, we're, we're like, the community is really showing up for this project right now. Like, well, you show up for your community. So it goes both ways. You know what? Community is power. It's the power, the power of community, the power of vulnerability, the power of compassion. It, it really, they are, we have superhuman powers. We have human superpowers. Mm. All of us do. Every single one of us has a, a, a superpower. And it's just, let's use it. Let's bring it out. Let's make the magic, you know? Yeah. yeah, that's what your movie's gonna be all about. Yeah, it's gonna be really good. Uh, it's coming out in. Um, it will premiere at the Vancouver International Mountain Film Festival. That sounds so fancy. It will premiere. Yeah, at... it will premiere uh, February twenty twenty two. Incredible! Oh my gosh! Yeah. Congratulations! Thank on you. That. I know it's been a lot of work, such a dream of yours, and uh, I cannot wait to cannot wait to see it all come yeah. together. Me too. <laughs> yeah, and everyone else, like, go check it out. Please go give love to Iman uh, on whatever platform, on all the platforms, um, and if you want to support an incredible project like Iron Self Movie, go do that. Um, okay. Lightning round here. Are you ready? Yes. These are like the questions that I ask everybody oh, on. I'm excited. The, on, I know. By the way, you gave me goosebumps a couple times, and I couldn't even—I like forgot to say. But this is—it's just been so incredible. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Okay, I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Mm. What is a goal that you're working on right now? Making the most dopest, most epic movie anyone's ever seen. So good. Yeah. Uh, see, you don't need a smart goal, guys. You don't. Doesn't. <laughs> I think episode three is why we smart goals suck. So <laughs> <laughs> your your goal is really great, man. Yeah. Uh, what is the best lesson you've learned in the last year? What is the what? The best lesson you have learned in the last year. Oh, surrender. Nothing ever goes to plan. Nothing ever, ever, ever follows the plan. And so you may as well surrender and do your best day by day. Best, most powerful lesson I've ever learned in my life. Mm. Yeah, Probably not an easy one, but a good one. No, it was not easy at all. <laughs> but here we are. You know, I think that's a lesson probably everybody can relate to after this year. I mean, we all, I think everybody, you know, you always heard, oh, nothing's really in your control or whatever. Yeah. But like we thought that was talking about, you know, stock prices or traffic. Yeah. But really, we've all really learned that in the last yeah. year. So, yeah. so good. And the expectation. I have no expectations of anything mm. ever going as well as I thought it was going to go. Ever. I'm not attached to the outcome. I just do it for the sake of doing it. And then whatever happens, happens. It's a great way to live. The cool thing is I think that a lot of things have probably far exceeded your expectations. Oh, 100%. And then when it didn't meet my expectation, I didn't feel bad about it. I was like, oh, that didn't work out that well. Okay, mm. next thing. Mm. Yeah, just keep pooping that ego out. Just keep pooping the ego. Come on. <laughs> so good. Okay. Uh, I know that you... Are you full vegetarian? No. No, okay. Actually. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, poutine. Do you eat poutine? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You would not believe how many few people... Poutine the- is like one of the best things ever. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I also this used is- to literally go... I used to live in Toronto and I would drive to Montreal six hours for the weekend to have good... I mean, the parties were great. Don't get me wrong. Back in the day. But I would also have like a poutine a day just for those three days I was there every oh time. Oh my gosh. I love poutine. Do you know a good poutine place in Vancouver? I My favorites in Vancouver... Um, 
and why am I blanking right now? Uh, Davy and Gravel. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Fritz. 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 Really yeah. good. Um, very. It's like sad, happy that the guy totally knows me. He's like, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when I, I was pregnant, I'm pretty you. sure he was like, "Are you actually pregnant, or have you just Do been you here want the usual every week? <laughs> What's happening?" Yeah. Um, and then I showed up with the baby. He was like, "Oh, okay, that's that's why." Do you want Fritz for the baby? <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is always yes. Yeah, Fritz. Um, and I also like La Belle Patate. Okay. I will what try that you? one. What are your... I don't know. What? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, when you're from the East Coast, it's kind of I know, it's hard not the same. to justify. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm going to go to that last one, La, La Palabra. No, no, let's let's go together. La oh, Palabra. perfect. So what I did, and this is in Fort McMurray of all places, like I know the real poutine fans are like, this is sacrilege, but it was all we had. We actually organized a poutine crawl oh. for our friends. So like everybody, my, my husband and I, everybody pitched in, I think it was like 40 or 50 bucks for the day. And we went and we had, I think, 20 something poutines. And oh, we just like... Yeah. Yeah. tried all I mean this is Sporting Murray they weren't we went to like New York Fries and Still. even McDonald's but then I even had like a scorecard for it that's so, had to, so fun had, I know so I, I've been wanting to do another one in Vancouver I'm in okay awesome yeah. because Add everybody else is like oh. we're good to go so this is what yeah so the thing we did so we got everyone to pitch in like 50 bucks and we we bought a couple pitchers of beer through the day or like also, like just had a really fun yeah. day and then at the end of the day we scored it up it was like there was a gravy winner a curd or this winner this is so fun right I want to be, be included okay you're yeah. so you're in you're, I want to be in can you invite me please thanks uh, you're our, yeah you're so in you're See, so in. ask for what you want and you can get it <laughs> Excuse me, I'd like to be invited. Oh, great, I am. Awesome. You totally are. Okay, so here's the question, which I think I know the answer, but, you know, cheese curds or shredded cheese? Okay, that's not a, an appropriate question. It's, Thank you. you ha- if you have shredded cheese, get out. Thank you. It's I cheese know. curds. I know. I had to start screening people on this question because... I mean, <sighs> what kind of life are you living if you're not Underlimped. using cheese? Underlimped. It, like, it's just, un- it's, it's inappropriate. You have to use the curds. If you're not using the curds, is it poutine? It's not. No. Like, why are you shredding the cheese? Keep the cheese and the curds. You know, so yeah. Finally, somebody who I feel I feel so seen. And yes, I feel, I feel so <laughs> seen. I'm like I feel really validated in this right now. <laughs> Me yeah. too. Me too. Uh, okay, if you had a magic wand, what would you use the magic for? Oh, oh, oh man, what would I use the magic for? Um. Oh my God, I don't even know. What would I use the magic for? Honestly, I think I would literally just tap my wand and and awaken everybody else's sense of like like love for the self. Like if I could just like tap my wand and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Oh my god, I love myself." If everybody literally walked around the world and said, "I love myself," I guarantee you we will solve all the world's problems cuz no one behaves this way unless they don't like themselves. Mm-hmm. So that would be my magic wand. Yeah. I, do you yes. do you have one? So good. <laughs> Do you have a magic wand? I, I wish. Okay. Trust me, you. But if you get one, you're gonna let me know where you got it, though. Obviously, Great. yeah. Well, Great. Just, we'll just. I'm gonna give it to you. We're gonna share. Awesome. It. Yeah. Um. Okay. Another food one. Yes. Last Love last food. question. Love Love food. Me too. I know. So if you could travel anywhere right now for food, where would you travel and what would you eat? Uh, right now in this moment, I would actually go back to where I came from. Uh, so I would go back to Egypt and I would have some epic Egyptian street food from the street vendors and like just just not even wait to go anywhere just like stand on the street and just shove it in my face is what i want it's just so good oh. and my favorite food is egyptian food and it's I can, there- I can cook it quite a bit actually which is pretty awesome um but there are just certain things you got to get from the vendors you know Absolutely. there's just certain things you want to get 
from there, you know? And it just tastes different too, you know, where the totally. vegetables are grown and yeah. Oh, yeah. all of it's just so... Oh, oh yeah. Is there, do. is there a good Egyptian food place in Vancouver that I need to know nope. about? <laughs> no, nope. Not okay. one. Okay, well then I'm inviting myself over to your house. Oh, to 100%. Egyptian. Come over. I will cook Egyptian food. It's amazing. There is one Egyptian dish that um, I would love to actually learn how to make like the way they make it back home. Um, and like every family kind of does it in their own way because it's like a traditional dish and so everybody kind of does it in their own... Every family has their own little recipe but... Um, I want the one from back home, so I want to go. I want to go to Egypt and just have that dish, and then come back. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So yeah. good. Oh my gosh. Well, Iman, thank you so much for being here. You're thank you for dropping a ton of incredible nuggets and wisdom, and just bringing your authentic self. It's been such a joy and a pleasure to get oh, to know thanks. you. We even just started becoming friends on Instagram. It's so cool how yeah. we become. I'm like, we're now we're real friends. Yeah. We're um, having a pub crawl, uh, uh, poutine crawl. Uh, poutine crawl. Yeah, yeah. That's what real friends do. Yeah. yeah. But it, you know, in all seriousness, the the what you just shared today, I think. You give, you're giving everybody permission to be more of themselves, whether it's in relationships, whether it's separating from a relationship, in friendships, jobs, career, everything. And I know that's what your mission is, and you are living it. You are, you're changing the world. You may not have a magic wand, but I feel like you're making it happen Aww. in your way. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Everyone, thank you for listening. And yeah, uh, I hope to connect soon and chat soon. And Maybe some people can join us for the poutine crawl. Heck yes. Uh, Stay tuned for details. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. And the Iron Self movie premiere. Yes. Iron Self movie premiere. Is there going to be poutine at the the premiere? Well, I mean, at this point, yeah. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I hope you all have an amazing day. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. Because I love surprises, make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.